0: Good. Yeah, I like that. You is kind. You is smart. You is important. We're talking about being a generous people, and we've been talking about that for uh, the last couple of weeks. We've taken a pause from the Book of Acts, and we're talking about generosity. We started two weeks ago talking about people that are very generous, even in our tithes and our offerings and our money. It often shows where our heart is, where our money goes, and so it challenged all of us. That Call Church Project Home, to be very generous in your tithes and offerings, and you are. Continue to be so. And then last week, what we talked about was being generous in faith. It's not just with our money, but it's in all of our life, being generous in our faith. Today, what we're talking about is we're talking about being generous in our speech. And so if you will, open it up to 2 second, uh, second Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 7, and I want to ask you are you smart? Are you kind? And are you important? See, our speech and our words are so very important. Like how we speak and how we communicate is very important. And we we touched this whole like generosity uh, conversation out of this 2 Corinthians chapter eight verses one through seven. And so let me read it again, and then we're specifically going to stop on verse seven and, and kind of pick apart what we're talking about today. So. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 7. If you don't own a Bible, there's a Bible back there. That's our gift to you. And if you have a New Version on your phone, the Bible app, you can open up the notes, search for the live event, save those notes. Everything will be on there. So let me read uh, these verses. And this is Pastor Paul as he's speaking back to the church he just helped start, and he's speaking to them, saying how to be a generous people. So, verse one. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they have given as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability entirely on their own, they urged, urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service of the Lord's people. And... They exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, amen, amen. and then by the will of God also to us, verse 6. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier, made, made a beginning to be, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part, verse 7. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and then the love we have kindled to you, see also that you excel in this grace of giving. So Paul's challenging the church to step up and continue giving the way that the other churches are giving and to grow in their giving. And right before that, in verse 7, he says, as you excel in all of these things. And look at that. In faith, what we talked about last week. In speech, that's what we're talking about today. And so our words set the stage for the next scene. If they've been really good at excelling in their speech, I think it's important for us to know right away as we're talking about speech, or as we're talking about words, that our words set the stage for the next scene. maybe if you, that is if you actors, actresses, you know what's going on. Like, okay, the next scene, the thing that's about to come. For all of us, what we need to know right away is our words set the stage for the next scene. What's about to happen in our life? What's to come is... is set up by our words and how we speak. Our vocabulary what we say. You is smart, you is kind, and you is important. If you see that movie, you see later on how this girl grows up and she holds on to these words and it keeps driving her reality. What we say sets the stage for the scene that's about to come. I think of James chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. James chapter 3, verses 3 through 5 says this, We can make a large horse, go wherever we want, by the means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tone is a a small thing that makes grand speeches. Would you agree? How many of you ever said something a little, if not so smart? <laughs> I say it all the time, and in the next 10 minutes I might say it. So it's just pointing a out, okay? Do you and I excel in our generosity of speech? You, you may be the most faithful tither, the faithful giver, the faithful, and the most generous person, that you hold back when it comes to speech. I, I think of my life, some of the people that shaped me the most were coaches, youth pastors. Teachers, I applaud you for your generous speech and stuff that you had in my life. I think I'm Laura at SCA and how important your job is to go and to come alongside coaches and help them as they're meeting their athletes. And how you're even a product of generous speech and generous coaches. So, can we give it up to Laura? Thank you, Laura. How many of you were affected by a push in your life by a generous speech? Coach, you have to really that. Coach, come on, there you go. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for being generous in your speech. And so our words set the stage for the next scene. We believe what we're speaking now and what other people are even telling us now. Well, why do we need to know that? Because we can kill or we can heal with our words. Point blank. We can kill or we can heal with our words. I'm going to rattle through a bunch of verses right now. So just soak it in or write them down, or look at your notes, it doesn't matter The period, is, okay? James chapter 3, verses tw- or verse 12. Does a fig tree produce olives? Or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Proverbs <coughs> 10, verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. We can kill and we can kill with our words. Proverbs eighteen twenty one, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs twelve eighteen, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You want to be known as one that can kill the words, as one that can heal with your words. You're smart. You're kind. And you're as important. We've all been hurt by words of others. And it hurts, right? What's that, what's that little rhyme? Why does that go? Sticks and stones and break my bones. The words to me the Really? Is that really how it goes? I really break my heart. To mm-hmm. say some of the things that has been told to me that I believe. Aliens spoken over my life. that Satan's like, Aaron, not this alias to make this new reality. Those words that are spoken to me. Just break my arm instead with our words. We can heal or we can kill. with our words. And I want to ask this, since we're talking about being generous in our speech and in our language, are we hurting ourselves by the words we speak What are we saying about ourselves? And the words that we utter out loud, or even the internal thoughts that we're saying, the vocabulary about who we are, and what we do, and how we move, and how we live, and how we love. Are we even hurting ourselves? in the way that we speak. So what do we need to do? If we know the words are important. And we can kill and we can heal with our words. What do we need to do? We need to focus on our core strength. I say that because I have weak core strength. I mean, actually, physically, my core is sloppy and I need strength right here. Can you be with me, okay? After your face giving? All right, okay. A little too much mashed potato on there, huh? Okay, I'm you. Okay. Core strength. I remember a few years ago just getting Christmas lights from the attic and moving a box from here to here. Christmas lights. And I couldn't walk for two months. I'm like, oh! are you with me? Like my core was really, really sloppy. <laughs> Focus on our core strength, especially when it comes to our words and being generous people with our vocabulary and the words that we are. We don't want to throw our back out. We don't want to speak and kill kill people and, and hurt people with our words, but so we want to have a core strength, especially our vocabulary. And why do I say that? Look at Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. And you can just close your eyes if you want to hear this. The sovereign Lord has given me... Notice that tense. The sovereign Lord has given me... <coughs> His words of wisdom. Wow. So that I know how to comfort the weary. Amen. How many of you want to comfort the weary? Morning by morning, He, the Sovereign Lord, wakens me and opens my understanding to His will. Make that our prayer request this week. If you call yourself a Christ follower, one that wants to reflect God more, more uh, abundantly in your life, like make this sure your prayer request that tomorrow morning when you wake up, the first thing you're going to do is, is say, God, what is your will for me today? And he already says in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, that he has given me his words of wisdom. In his word, the Bible through His Spirit, maybe through other people, like His Holy Spirit is already moving in your life. And as Christ's followers, we're already tapped into that power. He's already speaking life and hope and future over us. The question is, are we being quiet enough to listen to the words of wisdom who speak no words? And that's a good word. Maybe right now, just close your eyes. What is God seeing and now? The Spirit's alive. It's moving. He's healing. He's directing. He's giving you hope. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. Let's take this day, one day at a time. One step at a time. One moment at a time. As we focus on God. Luke chapter 6 verse 45 says this, a good man brings good out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Church, we need to focus on our core strength. We need to focus on the words that God's already giving us, the spirit that's already moving in us, and ask ourselves this question. What fills your heart? If we speak out of the outpouring of our heart, what are we putting into our heart? What are we meditating on? What are we watching? What are we surrounding ourselves by? Like, what is filling our heart? You know what the coolest thing about the Bible is? You can super complicate this thing. Like I've been to seminary like, and ah, I'm smart. <laughs> I give you all the vocabulary words, all the theological words, and we can debate back and forth Actually you can't because I'll get really bored quick. I'll let you in. You're smarter. We can super complicate this thing when it's really, really very, very simple. What fills your heart? If we talk about vocabulary, here's a really easy thing to do. Open our Bibles, see what Jesus did. How did he live? How did he walk? How did he talk? Was he a generous human being with his speech? Oh yeah, he was. <laughs> Jesus set people free with his <laughs> words, right? Amen? Oh, amen. amen? Remember this part? Neither do I condemn her. <laughs> I mean, this girl could get slain. This woman could get slain by these people because she was wrong and doing something bad. Jesus shows up on the scene and he says, Neither do I condemn her. I'm setting her free. I'm not killing. I'm healing with my words. I love that much. Jesus speaks the same thing over all of our lives. and he says this to you, if you could look you in the eyes right now, he would say, neither do I condemn you. I look, it's a story. So that's how Jesus thought. Yeah, I know, he's not walking the words anymore. I get you. You win, theologian. But God still talks today. He's given us His Holy Spirit to move in our hearts. What words are you storing up in your hearts? Mm. What messages are you preaching to yourself about who you are, and God says you are, and what you do, and how you live? and like some of us are worse than me, are the way we speak to ourselves. We need to be generous with our words to others only way we can do that is if it starts being generous with our words and our thoughts about who we are. And who God has created us to be. The fact is this, if we have a limited language, then we have a limited world. There's all sorts of cool little quotes. What was it, Orwell 1984? What was that? What was that? You not have that quote off the top of your head? It's not in my notes, I'm derailing, really. so should I get past the the notes? says something like this, like control our vocabulary, control our thinking, control our thinking, you create, you control our society. Something like that. Let's rewind because I wasn't my notes. Okay, I'm back. Sorry. An eternal language removes all barriers and sets us free. If we have a limited vocabulary, we're going to have a limited world. But as Christians, we have an unlimited vocabulary, an unlimited world. As Christians, we speak a language that the world cannot understand. Why? Because it's the power of the eternal, the Holy Spirit speaking over us every single day. So when we're confronted with that problem, when we're given that diagnosis we don't like, whatever that thing is that's going on right there, we have the ability to speak an eternal language and say, God, what does your word say? What is your spirit moving and doing in my life? Like, I know, God, that you want me to focus on my core strength so my core strength isn't found in the temporary. My core strength is found in the eternal. And you've already given that to me through your spirit. Amen? Amen. So why do we need to do this? Well, we need to do this because our lives and the lives of others depend on our generous speech. Our lives and the lives of everyone we know depends upon our generous speech. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says this. Let no corrupt talk come out of our mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as it fits the occasion, that we may give grace to those who hear. Wow, what a challenge. Is the way we're speaking giving grace to those who hear? For the most part, for me, but not all the time. Maybe because I'm trying to be funny, Right, John Patrick. sorry. Maybe because I'm having an off day, maybe because I focus on the ch- temporary and not the eternal. My aim is to give grace to those who hear, but sometimes I don't. Proverbs 11 9 says this With their words, the godless destroy their friends, but knowledge will rescue their righteous. Man, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry if with my words i never destroyed you. I consider you my friends, I and mean, you wear me out sometimes, but I consider you my friends, and I know I wear you out too. I want to apologize for all past, present, and future ways that I destroy you with my words. You know what, go get the tattoo you like. Go live. <laughs> That was the joke. Proverbs 15, 4 says this. The soothing tone is a tree of life, but the perverse tone crushes the spirit. Ouch! I know I've crushed your spirit before, and I'm sorry. And I know I will in the future, and I'm sorry. Like, this is our challenge. Like, right? Really? Like, to speak more like Jesus. That's our challenge. To be driven by the Holy Spirit in the way that we speak, to be generous people with our words. Not just with our faith, not just with our money, not just with what we're going to talk about next week and the week to come. But today we're talking about with our speech. How do we talk to others? And how do we talk to ourselves? Are we a crushing dest- uh, spirit and destroyer of friends? Ouch! I hope not. I hope we're the opposite of crushing. And I hope we're the opposite of destroying friends. I hope we're uplifting with our words and building each other up. And we give grace with our words. The question is, how do we change the world by our words? Because it's completely possible. God spoke the world into existence with what? The word. Amen. Power in the spirit. Which by as Christians, we have the same spirit that Jesus had. Our words are powerful people. The way we think, the way we internalize and speak about who we are, and the way that we speak with our words. We can change the people's future, Amen. starting with ours. So, to kind of recap here, our words. Set the stage for the next scene. What's your next scene look like? It might be reflected in the way that you're thinking and the way that you're speaking now. I hope you're hanging to the promises of God and speaking truth. We can kill or heal with our words. I know which side of that phrase all of us want to be on. We need to focus on our core strength. God's already given us His Spirit and His words. That's what we need to input into it. Our lives and the lives of others depend on our generous speech. Let's not be people that kill us. And let's speak life. Rarely will I ever do this because I think most of the time Christian music is super cheesy and really, really bad. Good messages make musicians better musicianship sometimes. Besides Jeremy's. Jeremy's is amazing, okay? (laughs) So I just can't think of a better way to end this message then by saying this, next week, we're going to look at the generosity of our knowledge up here. Like this church is really good at selling this. so be with us next week. Um, but to end this message, I think the only way we can end it is by this. So let's let that Matt back it you all would love this. <laughs>